Welcome to the podcast of San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. I am so happy that you are with us today. We are located in the Port Loma area of San Diego at 3901 Loma Land Drive, and we have services at 1030, um, Sunday school at 9, and this morning is a special morning for us in that we have our morning tide service that is the first Sunday of each month at 9 o'clock in the Ellipse Chapel. You are welcome to all of these things in addition to our midweek programming with choir and adult U classes, um, children's programming, and youth. We would be honored to have you. We are also so glad that you have chosen to uh, follow our online resources and hope that uh, this is helpful to you. This is the first Sunday of Lent, and our reading for this Sunday is Romans chapter 10 beginning with verse 8 and continuing through verse 13. I would be honored to read it for us this morning. Again, Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And as the scripture says, everyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who come on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is um, one of Paul's uh, most difficult letters and most wonderful letters. This book of Romans is powerful in so many ways in that it depicts um, comprehensively, it would seem, Paul's theology and understanding of faith. We drop right into the middle of all of this as Paul is discussing the law and what the law means. And if we were to go back to verse 5, we would, uh, pardon me, verse 4, we would find Paul saying Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Now, the argument that might be made against that is in verse 5, that Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. So this is referring back to the Old Testament law that was given to Moses and passed on to the people of Israel and had become their guide, their um, value system, the way by which they lived and operated, conducted business, treated one another, lived in community, took care of their families. It was a comprehensive way by which um, people gave meaning to their life, purpose to their journey, and the parameters within which they lived. This is the law by which the Jewish people believed that God would be pleased and would find them acceptable and then would result in blessing. As the promise of Moses as they were entering into the promised land, that God will make you prosper. It was a powerful blessing. 
In fact, in this passage, we find numerous references to Deuteronomy, particularly chapter 30, verses 12 through 14. Paul's argument is taken right from that in references to uh, the word and its presence among us. But Deuteronomy is an interesting book. It is sometimes referred to as the second law, Deuto, Deuteronomy, the second law. It actually is Moses' speech to the people of Israel right before they are entering into the promised land. All of Deuteronomy takes place within about five weeks in the last year of the people wandering through the desert. They had escaped slavery from Egypt. They had wandered in the desert for 40 years. In the 11th month of this 40th year, Moses gathers them together and speaks to them this book of Deuteronomy. And then in the end of the 12th month, they enter into the promised land. Part of what makes it so significant is that the generation that had been enslaved had died off in the wilderness. He was speaking to a new generation that had not experienced the slavery, the oppression, the um, mistreatment by the Egyptians. And so there is a retelling of God bringing them up out of slavery, giving them the law, blessing them and promising them a land. Moses himself would not even make it into the promised land. He would die before they cross into that land, shortly after this speech that we have is Deuteronomy. The two that do make it from that generation that died off, Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua takes over the role that Moses had, and the two of them lead the people into the promised land. Part of what's powerful about Deuteronomy is the importance of remembering. Remembering history as you plot your course for the future. Not forgetting the whys or the where we've been or what we're doing now and why we're doing it now. So Moses reviews what it was like to be in slavery, the story of the people that precedes that, and the freedom that God has provided in escaping the oppression. So, many generations later, Paul remembers the story of remembering. Paul recites Deuteronomy. Paul is reminding them, the people to whom he is writing, of their history and of the telling of their history. And so, Paul reminds them and tells them, remember the past, but now see the new thing that God is doing. And realize that actually it's not a new thing as much as it is a fulfillment of what God started doing and put in place generations ago. We are in the midst of, uh, this year, a crisis. If you are watching the news, you will see the invasion of Ukraine by the Russian military. And Putin has attempted to explain this invasion by quoting history. 
that historically Ukraine was part of Russia. They have a, a common history line. The problem is, is that it doesn't go back far enough. It's selective memory. The notion for the Ukraine people is freedom. Freedom that they've experienced this generation and freedom about which they tell the story that existed long before. It is not a story of oppression, though that has occurred. It is a motivation for moving forward toward freedom. So, we have in the Old Testament the oppression that was spoken of concerning Egypt. Paul remembers that, and the people who are listening to him are very familiar with the oppression of the Roman Empire. And now we have such valiant, courageous people in Ukraine trying to remember their freedom and hold on to it tenaciously. The true freedom that comes always comes in Christ and what Christ has done for us to set us free. And Paul writes about that here in chapter 10. It is uh, part of a series of verses that speak about confession with your mouth, believing in your heart, this combination of the mouth and heart, the words that are translated here, are stoma and cardia, from which I believe we get the words cardiac, referencing for the heart, and stomach referencing for the digestive system, the mouth, the stomach. Two very powerful words that speak to us about how we believe. I remember when I was um, a freshman in high school. I went out for the basketball team. Coach McKibben was the coach. I don't remember much that he taught, but I do remember a couple of things. And one of the things that I remember is that he was trying to explain to us how to play defense on another player. And he would talk about how somebody can make a head fake, somebody can make a fake with a ball, can move their shoulders or hands or arms to try and get you to move can plant their feet in front of you or off to the side as a fake to try and get you to jump in that direction and then they'll go the opposite direction. And his admonition to us was to always keep our eyes on the center of the abdomen, the stomach area of the player. Because he said you can't fake with your stomach. If you move your stomach, you're there. If that portion of your body moves, then you have moved. It's not a fake. It's where the person is going. I remember my uncle telling me in his work with uh, some of the native tribes in Papua New Guinea that for them the receiving of the gospel was not receiving it into the heart, as our culture so often proclaims, but receiving it into the stomach because they believed that the stomach was the center of life and the source of life. And so Jesus was accepted into the stomach. Nevertheless, here we have something that is at the core of what we believe. A value system, a belief that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and those who believe in Christ will be saved. And what is it that we believe? 
that Jesus paid the price that we might experience God's love, that the Spirit might dwell within us, and that then we might be vessels of that love. To believe in the resurrection, to believe in Christ, is to take that into the center of our being. And when our heart and our mouth move in a direction that is synchronous with Christ, then our body is moving in righteousness. Our hearts, our spirit, our attitude is being obedient to the one who created us. It is at the core of this heart, this belief, that we are radically changed. And it will change us if it changes us from the inside out. I remember when my uh, parents threw a party one time when I was very young. They invited, I don't know, uh, 12 to 15 of their friends. And the gist of the party was that when they called and offered the invitation, you were supposed to come to the party at the designated party time a week away, just as you were when the phone call came. However you were dressed, whatever you were holding, um, they called various times during the day, and it was a come-as-you-are party. When you get the invitation, that's how you're supposed to come to the party. I love how this passage concludes in regard to Paul's statement in verse 12. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For me, this is an expression of come as you are. It's a come as you are party. It's not an invitation to become Jewish, but if you're Jewish, it's not an invitation to not be Jewish. If you're Greek, if you're Italian, if you're Irish, if you're African, if you're from South America, come as you are. If you're struggling with addictions or sin, in pain, in anger, in frustration, in hope, in joy, come as you are. It could be in the midst of confusion, circumstances that feel overwhelming, or in the midst of blessing, come as you are. It is an invitation to receive the amazing gift of Christ. And here's part of what's so powerful and beautiful in this. It's not a righteousness that comes from having been obedient. It's obedience that comes out of the righteousness that Christ provides. When Christ changes us at our core, and we understand we are fully loved, it's then that we begin to live out that love in our life. But so often fears get in the way and fears begin to chip away at that core belief. I remember when we lived up in Rancho Bernardo in an apartment complex on Avenida Venusto. This apartment complex had a uh, swimming pool, very nice swimming pool, fenced in, kept well. 
my little girl was not quite two and a half. We got a bathing suit on her and I walked with her out to the swimming pool and she got wet and enjoyed it and loved it and she got on the edge and wanted to jump into the water but I could tell she was nervous and so we went through this ritual to get her ready to jump and then she jumped off the edge of the pool into my arms in the water splashed got all wet had fun immediately wanted to get out and do it again and 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 again it was delightful it is burnt into my memory i think i will always have a smile on my face when i think of that particular warm sunny wonderful afternoon it was just pure joy she had lost fear and lived in trust as the years passed life encroached and i can remember several occasions where my daughter wanted to do something but she told me she couldn't i knew that she could but fear started to take over worried about what other people might think or injury or experiences that had made her concerned i remember on several occasions saying i know you can do this you can choose not to if that's what you want to do and that's okay but you can do it if you want to and i think that that's so true of my journey of faith there are times when fear begins to chip away at that trust that assurance of god's love and i become preoccupied with the things that are around me i ruminate i get worried concerned it's not that i shouldn't pay attention to circumstances around me or consider others opinions that's fine but when fear begins to hinder my ability to live in love i need to return to the scripture passage that says perfect love drives out all fear so i come just as i am into this place with all my fears and say oh god may your love transform me from the inside out may i receive the righteousness that comes from what you have done may it fill me in my core so that my heart and my mouth unite because they come out of the same source of your spirit and i find myself loving you trusting you and living a life of love so i invite you this day to come just as you are what is it about this passage that might resonate with you it says very clearly that the word is not way up in heaven where nobody can reach it it's not far off on the other side of the sea that it takes special resources understanding and knowledge to go explore it it's with you it's in you it is part of who you are when jesus abides within and how that takes place is simply to receive god's love come just as you are and allow the core of who you are to be evidence of whose you are
Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace toward us. Thank you for the wonderful offer of love and the peace that accompanies it. May we find ourselves in places that remind us of your willingness to hold us, to catch us, to abide with us, and to abide in us. Help us to fall into your loving arms. And having lived there and breathed the joy of freedom, may we never let it go. And may we proclaim that same freedom through what we say and what we do so that others, no matter who they are or what their journey is, whether it looks like us or not, might see in us something that they long to have, a freedom, a freedom to love and be loved. Thank you, Lord. We praise your wonderful name. Amen. Now may God's grace go with you. May God's peace mark your journey. And may love shower upon you and then flow through you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.